Evening everybody, how are we doing? Sorry about that, just getting a few things uh, sorted out. Welcome to another edition of uh, Wednesday Night with Nige. So glad that you are with us. Uh, what have we got lined up for you? Um, buckets. Well, at least I like to think buckets anyway. Got a good uh, supply of questions that have uh, come through from everybody. Nice little mixture there. There's a bit of league, a bit of NFL, uh, NPC, my favourite, the People's Rugby, Heartland Championship. Uh, what else have we got thrown in there as well? Some tennis. Um, and also I've been given free license by somebody who normally provides us with a bit of a question but hasn't this week so we'll get to that one there also you should see up on your screen as well poll question for the week who is the bigger absence for the test matches with the Springboks Samuel Whitelock Aaron Smith get your votes in right now I'll keep you updated throughout uh, the course of the show as to um, uh, how the voting is going there. Bigger absence for the test between the spring against the Springboks for the All Blacks. Is it Sam Whitelock or is it Aaron Smith? It's an interesting one for me because I think Aaron Smith is the more critical player. But I actually think that Sam Whitelock, for me, is clearly the best captain we've got. He's clearly part of the best locking combination we have. And so for me, I've actually got to go Sam Whitelock. Um, I, I mean, it's it, it seems stupid to say that because Aaron Smith, for mine, it is a real toss-up in terms of who is the best halfback in the world. Is it Aaron Smith? Is it Antoine Dupont? Is it Faf de Klerk when he's on form? I mean, I, I think they are three outstanding players, each, each in their own right. But I just think what Sam brings overall is consistency as his player, his consistency as a leader, the partnership that he forms with Brody Retallick, I think is going to be absolutely huge. I think it's a fascinating question, which is why I've thrown in there. So please, who is the bigger absence for the Test matches with the Springboks, in your opinion? Is it Samuel Whitelock? Is it Aaron Smith? Vote now. I've just put my vote in there. Um, so I will keep you updated throughout the course of the show as to uh, how the voting is going for that one there. Greatly appreciate uh, the input with regards to that one. Right, let's get stuck straight into the questions. Uh, as per normal, uh, we'll dive into questions. Uh, then we'll have a bit of a break. Not sure where we're going to go with yarns from the box this week. Any suggestions, feel free to uh, lob it on in there, whichever way you want me to go with a bit of storytelling. Uh, and then we'll take your comments and react to those throughout the course of the remainder of the show. Right, Kyron's getting us underway. Uh, he's going to double dip, so two questions. Is first, the greatest provincial rugby competition returns this weekend. Amen, preach, brother. I patch off, if you can, no. Uh, who do you think will be the strong contenders in the Heartland Championship? Uh, looking at the old golds, they have a great mix of senior players returning and youth that have been developed playing hand and shield last year. Yeah, I think they're really going to be in the mix. Um, North Otago, I'd go as far to say favourites in my eyes. Um, watch out for Thames Valley. Swamp Foxes, nice squad assembled. They have also had the advantage that prior to his departure back to Japan, they've had this bloke called Wayne Smith down helping them. So he has been involved with regards to the coaching in the preseason as well. That's going to be absolutely massive. So got to throw the Swampies in there. Of course I'm throwing my beloved Butcher Boys in there. South Canterbury I think is going to be another really strong team. Horofenua Kapiti I think could be another interesting one as well. See they've got, um, Kyron also pointed out during the day, Andrew Newstub, Sevens player going to be playing some Heartland Championship rugby for uh, Horofenua Kapiti. So that's kind of cool as well. So... Uh, <laughs> It's an interesting one, and, and this is the reason why. It's a follow-up question from Mark. 
who wants to know, so what now for the draw with so many weeks off? Well, the draw remains the same. They're going into November. Last round is set for November the 6th, Mark. Finals the following week. As I'm looking at it, no semi-finals. So here's how it's going to be. 1v2 for the Meads Cup. 3v4 for the Lahore Cup. Now remember, normally it's top four play Meads Cup, 1v4, 2v3. Winner of those semi-finals plays for the Meads. That's gone. So it's 1v2 for the Meads Cup. 3v4 for the Lahore Cup. And there's going to be a game for five and six. Now that doesn't have a trophy attached to it. Um... I'm not sure what name we would attach to that one. We've got Meads. We've got Lahore. Kirkpatrick. Poverty Bay. In Kirkpatrick. Um, John Sturgeon, West Coast. The Sturgeon Cup. Uh, I'd like to see that as well. Sturge, legend, God bless. In Kirkpatrick will be another one coming out of the heartland. Um, trying to think of who else we could throw into the mix there. Peter Rowe. That could be me just being slightly biased. <laughs> um, yeah, Sturge. Sturge or um, Ian Kirkpatrick for mine. If they are going to put attach a name, a legendary Heartlands player name to that particular cup. But I want to know what is happening. Why is there no semifinals and finals? Um, I think they should do it. Uh, but that's just me. Mark also asked, Curly One, why can't NPC have a 50-person bubble uh, on all four sides of the field and Spectators is an open-air venue? The ski field where he works at hosted 2,500 last Saturday. I'm not going to talk about ski fields or anything like that. I think you will find there will be people at the venue. I'm not 100% sure how it happens. I know that uh, the game on Friday night at FMG Stadium in Hamilton, uh, Waikato versus Canterbury, I know there will be um, the corporate boxes are going to be, or some portion of people are going to be in the corporate boxes because my mate's going to be uh, working one of them. So you will see spectators there, as I understand, under the Level 2 guidelines. I know we have seen it when Super Rugby went back to Level 2. They were able to let a certain amount of people in. I think you will see that again, but I do not know that for sure. But there are guidelines to be able to have spectators in um, the stands with regards to those particular games. Um so, yeah, so I think you will see bodies, warm bodies there. Kyron, uh, second question. Thoughts after the first week of the NFL season, even with losing Dak Pricks, Prescott looked good for the Cowboys and has come back from injury. Sam Darnold looked great against your lot too. Thanks. Anya. Yeah, my quarterback looking great playing against my team. Brilliant. Thank you, mate. Rub that in. Uh, anyone else stand out to you? Right, yeah, look. Dak did look very impressive. You're right about Sam Darnold. I think Carolina Panthers are a, a team to keep an eye out for. Um, I, I like the way they operate. I think Matt Rule's going to build nicely with regards to his program. He's their coach. Uh, You've got to say that the Saints, you know, 38-3 versus the Packers. Winston looked really great. Five touchdowns without the same number of intercepts, which is what we saw, we've saw we seen from him previously with the whole 30-for-30 30 30 thing. Okay, he looked really good. They look very good indeed. You've got to say, Jalen Hurts looked more than competent, okay, albeit against the Falcons, but Hurts looked good for Philadelphia. I like the comeback, the determination of the Steelers to get over the Bills. I think that was massive. Um, 
Russell Wilson looked really tidy. I didn't mind Matt Stafford and his debut at his new franchise as well. The Browns let the Chiefs off the hook massively. I know Mahomes is a freak, but I really thought the Browns had put themselves in a good position there. Um, so, yeah, I think all in all, a couple of other things were, were reinforced. Look, of the new quarterbacks, you know, look, I thought Mac Jones played well. Lawrence showed why he was the number one pick. I think the three interceptions, though, will be a bit of a concern. You know, even the Kendall playing for, for my team, I thought Wilson looked okay. I just thought the guy opposite him, who we used to have, looked better. But what can I say about that? Other thing, too, Matt Nagy is going to be... Matt Nagy is right now on the hot seat for the Bears. So I think that's going to be a fascinating watch for, for, for Chicago. I think they're going to be a really interesting watch over the first month. I think you see Fields sooner rather than later. That's the only way Matt Nagy saves his job. Uh, and DG was the same one as well. Thoughts on the opening week. Uh, amazing Monday night game between the Raiders and the Ravens. Yeah, that was awesome. I just, I just love it when Gruden's team wins. He's just brilliant. Um, also, do you know what ever happened to Virtual NPC? Miss playing that from back in the day. Didn't they turn that into another tipping comp? I think it's associated with Placemakers or one of those other building um, supplies company. I think they took Virtual NPC and they went into something else. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I just hang now with Superbrew, as you guys know who follow the page. Um, I just hang with Superbrew. Um, thank you very much, DG. Thank you, Kyron, for double dipping. Uh, from Daniel. Do you think we're seeing a new breed of tennis player come through? Oh, so I'll deal with that one first. I think we have seen these players lurking around. What I think we're starting to see now is a few of them are starting to figure it out and now understand what they need to beat the big three, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic. Next question, part of that there was, and just to, to throw this in, Daniel also asked, of the big three, Nadal, Federer, Djokovic, do they have another Grand Slam win in them? Yes, they do. Absolutely, they do. I, I think, though, as I said, those players coming through are starting to figure those three out. The other thing, I think age and weariness, particularly in terms of age with Roger and the uh, fatigue and some of that, those injuries that have just sort of niggled Rafa Nadal, I think they've brought them back to the pack a little bit. Djokovic, for me, remember, he was going for a calendar slam. Okay, so he's still very much, I think, in really good form. So I don't think he's come back that much. Medvedev played great, deserved the victory. Um, but but I think Roger and Rafa, I think age is starting to, to slow them down a hair. Djokovic still going. They're going to win a Grand Slam. I've got no doubt. One of those three guys, I think it's probably going to be Joker, is going to be the one that's going to win Grand Slam. They're going to win Grand Slams again, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, we, we've got, as I say... I don't think it's a new breed. I just think it's a, a group that's been there a wee while when they were young, young. Now they're actually getting a little bit older and they're starting to figure it out a little bit more. Plus, they're getting better, the bodies are stronger, tougher, and they're understanding what they have to do to try and hang with these three. The, those three guys, and I'm going to throw Andy Murray in there as well too because I, I think they, Murray obviously has had his injuries quite strongly curtailed by, by injury. I think those guys have actually made everybody else catch up to them. And I think they are making this generation come through. They're making them better by forcing them to try and get up to their level. Uh, in the same way, Serena, I think, has forced uh, women's tennis players to try and catch up to her level. They haven't been able to, per se. Again, I think she's another one where, you know, 
age a little bit is, is starting to catch up. But I still think she's got another Grand Slam win in her. Well, I think she's probably got another couple. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, it's exci- it's an exciting time. It's a sad time, but I still think look those. Yeah, I still think refs ref is going to have one left in him. Ref is going to have a good run left in him somewhere, maybe even two. And you know Roger's going to have one. He'll target. He'll target something. Might not show up at one slam. Might show up at the other. Say right, this is the one I'm going for. And if he goes in there, focused, fit, blazing, just hold on. It's going to be so much fun. So much fun. Craig has got a couple of questions for us this week. I'll do these questions, and then I'm going to uh, have a look at our poll as well. So just a reminder, who was the bigger absence for the All Blacks for the test against the Springboks? Samuel Whitelock, Aaron Smith. Let me know your thoughts. Click on the uh, poll there. Um, two questions. After last week's result with the Storm and the Panthers are likely to meet in the preliminary final, not the grand final, unless your Eels upset the Panthers this weekend. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Could this mean Storm or Panthers have to play each other in a final week early? Yes, that that is the scenario if the Panthers win, which they won't. And I, and I think I actually think that makes a better. I I, I think Manly, uh, sorry, Storm Panthers. I think that would make a great grand final. I don't think it makes a great semi final. I think Storm Eels, given that the Eels ended that win streak of the Storm, make a better semi final. So I think, from an NRL point of view, as much as I think the Panthers are the better team, you want the Eels to win. You want Eels Storm. You want to make them think about it a little bit more. That's what I'd like to see. Um, also, Jason, as well, by the way, he asks a little bit later on. He's got another question, but he just said thoughts on this weekend's NRL. Uh, sea Eagles to beat the Chooks. Uh, Chooks, lucky to get past the Titans, in my opinion. Um, but I, I think that, that was that was them. I think the Sea Eagles, sea Eagles will regroup. Turbo will get it sorted. Jerry, Jerry Evans will get it sorted. They'll, they'll touch up the Chooks. Eels to beat the Panthers. I'm biased, as you guys know. I'm an Eels supporter, but I genuinely believe what I'm saying. I think from an NRL promotional point of view, they want Storm v. Eels. I don't know if they want Storm v. Panthers unless it was for the big one. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Come on, BA. Get the boys up. Get the boys up there. That will be outstanding. Uh, Second part of Craig's question. Thoughts on rugby and FIFA potentially making World Cups every two years? Well, look, okay, look, you see the poll question I've got at the moment. Who's the bigger absence for the All Blacks for the Test versus the Springboks? The poll was very closely, almost, where should we tell World Rugby and FIFA to shove the suggestion of biannual World Cups? Here were your options, A, up their bum, B, up their backside, C, up their ass, whichever one uh, you feel. No, it's just dumb, greedy, stupid. And, and really? So FIFA says we're thinking of going every two years. Obviously, Alan Gilpin, who's the, the boss of well, World Rugby CEO, he gets asked that question. He gives it an answer. Um, but, but no. That was the, the response. No. It doesn't make sense. You've got a crowded calendar. You've got the 12s they want to try and squeeze in there somewhere. They're, no. No is the simple answer. No was the answer, Adam Gilpin, Alan Gilpin. That, that should have been it. And, and to, to FIFA, what are you doing? We don't need it every two years. World Cup in the middle, you've got um, Euros and uh, Copa America. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Just honestly. What are people doing up there? 
think. Take a big, deep breath. I'll send them the link to my Mementia app. There's some great breathing techniques on there that JK and the crew have got. Okay, they can use that if they're having trouble with their breathing to get themselves calm. I'm going to need it after this broadcast. No. Just a flat no. Craig's final one as well. Also, rugby, thinking of expanding the tournament to 24 teams. I think this has been discussed on previous shows. You're right, it has been. I'm again that. I go back and I always refer to it whenever we get this that great proposal from England, 2004, a 36-team tournament with the two tiers, so your top tier, your bottom tier. That's the way to go. That should have been the way to go. That's the way forward. Not doing it every two years. The other thing too, it's never going to be every two years. Do you want to know why? Do you, do you want to know what happens directly in between Rugby World Cups? Okay, in the year that they're talking about doing maybe another World Cup, it's a little thing called the British and Irish Lions. And do you honestly think the home unions are going to agree to a World Cup in the year where they print money, especially after they have not been able to print as much money after what has happened in South Africa? Ain't flying. Won't happen. Uh, let's get a quick update. Poll. See, how do I do this? Polls. Can I get results? How do I get results? Do I click on them? I'm not sure how I get a result here. Oh, no. Now I've got rid of the whole thing. I'm not too sure how I've done. What have I done there? It's active. I think it's active. Better be active. Activate the polls. So, I thought I activated the poll. Isn't it activated? I'm sure it's activated. <sighs> I'm not sure what the vote is. I'm sure I'll figure it out at some point, though. Just keep voting, people. Bigger absence for the All Blacks. Sam Whitelock, Aaron Smith. Technically incompetent, but that's okay. That's cool. From Carlin, with the All Blacks set to rotate players this weekend, who would you like to see in the match day squad? want to see Cody and Artie come back. I want to see Brody and Akira rested. I'd like to see Tupo Vice start. I'd like to see Ethan Blackadder start with... I'd like to see Artie at seven, Luke at eight. I'd also think maybe have Dalton on the bench just for a bit of just that, the fact that he can play six, seven, or eight for versatility. I, I like that idea. So give Akira uh, a bit of a rest. Patrick Tuipilotu on the bench. Start Tupo Vai. Patrick to get at least 30 minutes. Um, I also think we're probably going to need to get Finley Christie some game time with the news of Aaron Smith not coming over. I think you're going to have to run him. So maybe start Brad Weber, Finley Christie off the bench would be the way I would look at there. Um, yeah, that's what that's what I would look at. That to me seems a heck of a lot though. Um, and I just really want this team. But mind you, look, they've been rotating through and it hasn't really sort of affected them too much. So... Um, the other big concern is obviously depending what happens with Bowden and his um, a little niggle that he had. I think he was cramping. That's a bit of a concern. Excuse me. But yeah, I've just suggested a lot of changes, which I'm I'm really not a massive fan of. But I guess that's what I really want to see. So rest Brody and Akira. Cody and Artie back. So straight away there you go. You get a couple of good guys going. Obviously straight back in. Artie to t reclaim the captaincy as well. Start Tupo Vai. Ethan Blackadder. Patrick on the bench. Bring Finlay Christie and get him some time. You could tinker a bit. Hopefully, if Anton Leonard-Brown is right, 
pop him back in. Maybe get Havili a week off as well. So maybe Anton and Rico in the centres. Um, yeah. Off the top of my head, that's probably to be the way I'd look at Carlin. That'd be the way I'd be looking at it. Uh, from Jason, Aaron Smith not going to the Rugby Championship. I think we're in good step with the halfbacks we have. Weber's proven himself. TJ did awesome. I'd like to see Brad start, TJ finish in those games against South Africa. Uh, and Jason also asked as well about the NRL games this weekend. I repeat, uh, Manly to beat Sydney City, Parramatta to beat Penrith. Uh, Matt, OBC here. If you like last week, this was just a comment he saw during the the box Wallaby games. I've seen AFL teams kick less. Interesting game that, wasn't it? Drawing a blank on questions this week, so if there's anything you need to get off your chest, uh, I'm sure Mrs. Nigel will enjoy me not firing you up. It's funny you talk about um, the comments there, you know, teams kicking less. And I saw it, it was interesting on the breakdown. Jeff Wilson had a chat with Sir Bill Beaumont. And they were talking about South Africa, British and Irish Lions, All Blacks, Wallabies. And they were talking about, well, Sir, Sir Bill made the comment that, you know, it's not about the rules, it's about the attitude and the intent in which the team's playing. I think Bill Beaumont is, is missing the point here. I, I don't think rugby has always been about the way you want to play it. Certain teams want to play with ball in hand, up-tempo. Others do take that more tactical approach with the kicking and territory and that sort of thing. That's That's always been the way. No matter what the rules were, I think he missed. I think he really missed the premise of the question, which is why we are having people who used to love the sport now just draw a blank on it. And we go back to the Geordie Barrett incident, which I think is probably the reason why that question was asked. Geordie comes in, lifts his leg, makes contact with the head, referee sends him off. We're told that everything the referee has done. This is in line with the guidelines, with the, the, the checklist that they have. And then Geordie goes to the um, judiciary. They bring in you know, their lawyer, their biomechanic, and, and they get him off. And yet the ref's done nothing wrong. Geordie's supposedly done nothing wrong. The red card's expunged. And we're all sitting there going, well, so what's... Uh, what?" And we're all confused. And I think that's the, the, the point of the question, I think, is what Bill Beaumont missed. Um, there is an issue with the rules. I'm, I'm not going to regurgitate what we said last week. You know, my feelings on this. We just need to go through and just sort it out. But I, I think he missed that. It really worries me when the sport which a lot of us really enjoy just constantly seems to be shooting itself in the feet, okay? Have you seen a ruling yet with regards to Rassi Erasmus and the video that he did from, was it after the first test of the British and Irish Lions Springboks tour? Have you seen a ruling on that? Neither have I. Why hasn't that been dealt with? Why is it taking so long? I'm really concerned with certain things that are being done at the highest level of world rugby and the pace that they are taking the lack of action the the, the lack of you know support for its referee after that. i felt so sorry for damon murphy after that decision i just think he's been hung out to dry a bit actually not a bit a lot so i'd like to see world rugby just start getting back into it a little bit more 
And it was great that Bill Beaumont did that interview. I know Jim Kay's producer has been chasing it for a long time and stoked to have got it. I think he either missed a point or he deliberately missed a point with regards to that particular question. But rugby does need to be very careful that we do not continue to alienate people who have been incredibly loyal and we don't confuse the next generation coming through. Because it's a real scrap at the moment in terms of fans and eyes and bums on seats when we can get you know bums back on seats fully. I think World Rugby really, again, just needs to take a big deep breath and figure out what is the priority. I don't think endorsing the 12 competition, I don't think, um, you know, thinking about going to a biannual Rugby World Cup, although I suspect that what it really is, or someone just asked the question on the back of FIFA making that suggestion, and the CEO, being a polite human being, just responded with his thoughts, as as he's probably uh, should have done. Um, so maybe that one's a little bit of a an over an over-reporting, an over, over-reaction type of thing there. But we just we just need to get some things sorted. Um, basic things, simple things, get back to... We just need to get back, I think, to the roots of the game. And I think with every step we are taking at the moment, we are moving further and further away. Simplify the game, bring it back to... Bring it back to, to the people. Bring it, bring it back a little bit to to what we enjoy, the reasons why we go, make it clearer for us to understand, which goes back again to what I spoke about all last week, and I'm not going to regurgitate for you. There you go, Matt. I got that off my chest. Thank you very much for allowing me to do that. Oh, there we go. That's all the questions that have come through. Thank you very much, team. Really appreciate that. Um, some great questions there. Feel free to pop comments in the comments section because I'm going to be rolling through those uh, very, very shortly. Um, ba 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 so, let's roll right to the very, very top. Uh, smile, Nigel. Wasn't I smiling? That must have been very early on when I was trying to figure out what I was doing. Thank you, Simon. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, from Craig, yep, evening. Uh, Sam for mine. It was Simon's as well. Geo, great to have you. Hey, Nigel, if it was anyone else, I would have said Aaron Smith. Against the box, Whitelock will be a huge loss given the strength with which the South African locks play. Whitelock usually plays well against them too. That's from Carlin. Thank you very much. Uh, thoughts about Nuggy, Aaron Smith, turning out for the Turbos. How good for the young talent to be able to rub shoulders and learn from the master. Uh, so good it even means my beloved Northland. Even if it means my beloved Northland gets a touch-up. Yeah, look, if, for those who maybe aren't familiar with this particular news, uh, maybe watching from overseas, if you are, g'day, or listening to the podcast overseas, Aaron Smith... Not linking up with the All Blacks, he has chosen to stay in New Zealand. His wife, Tegan, is um, getting ready to give birth to their second child. So he's not joining them for the Rugby Championship. May not even make it over for the end-of-year tour. Um, but he's going to play for Manawatu. And I think that's great. Because he could have very easily just sat at home um, and... He hasn't. I think that's just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant that he's going to play. And, and I think he he played a couple of games last year, and you just think about the first five eights. I mean, you're going, to look, you're going to get that ball. I mean, they're just going to get it on an absolute plate. It's going to be so nice. And again, though, it's what he's going to bring around the training facility. Uh, or are you hearing uh, from, I think Daryl Gibson also spoke as well to uh, radio station... Uh, might have been the Country Sport Breakfast, talking about Sam Kane's been down at Bay of Plenty Steamers training. And 
what he has bought and how the trainings are just at another level with Sam Kane's presence. Um, Smith will do the same for Manawa too. Brilliant. Love that. Absolutely love that. Uh, from Craig, names I would like to see for a third Heartland Championship trophy. Kirkpatrick, Sturgeon, Bill Osborne. Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill, the Osborne. Oh, my goodness, the Osborne Cup. How good would that be? Wow, yeah. Yeah, look, you're talking to a Wanganui boy here, Craig. You know I'm, you know I'm all for that. I've got to say, and man, this is going to hurt me to say it. Of the three names, Sturgey's probably the one I lean to, though. John Sturgeon. Probably Sturgeon, Kirkpatrick, Uncle Bill probably third, I'd have to say. Yeah, it's tough for me to say, but got to be honest. Got to be honest. Yeah. How good, though. Any three of those names. But but aren't you slightly concerned, though, Craig, with the fact that we're the semifinals? Why are we doing that? Yeah, semifinals on... So last round on November the 6th. Go semifinals on the... The 14th, play finals on the weekend of the 21st. I don't see the issue there. It's only an extra week. Uh, from Jack, do you think Luke Jacobson will become the first choice eight? It's an interesting one for me because at the moment, they clearly seem to like that combo of Akira, Dalton, and Artie. I have said this on the show. I would really like to see Akira, Artie, and Luke as a combo. But, man, Dalton's playing some really nice rugby and this is the thing Papali'i's playing great rugby Luke Jacobson comes on and he plays great rugby Artie's playing great rugby Akira Iwani at the moment Akira is the success story of Ian Foster's 10 years all black coach he has been able to get Akira playing the way that we know he can play couple of little things last week with Akira. I was a bit concerned he was doing the shove and the throwing the ball and that sort of thing, which he doesn't have to do. That's the little dumb stuff, and I thought he had got that out of his game. Um, but I just saw a few things. And then later on in the game, all of a sudden, a few things flare up, and it was Akira going in and clearing guys back. And I thought, okay, so uh, I I just think you, you've got a choice. So Hoskins Satutu's just not even in the mix at the moment, uh, which I find... You know, these guys played some really good rugby. Blackhead is going well. The loose forward's a good combo at the moment. But at the moment, I think the way you look at it, they like Papali'i at seven with Ardi at eight and Akira at six. Could he become the first choice eight, Luke Jacobson? Yes, he could. Um, but at the moment, man, we've got some really good talent going on in the loose forwards. It's brilliant to watch. Uh, any commentary gigs, gigs this week on the cards, Greg? Yeah, I am down to commentate Waikato Canterbury for Sky Sport on Friday night at FMG Stadium, which I'm very much looking forward to. I am also going to be heading over to Mount Manganui Saturday afternoon, Bay of Plenty, Otago Farapama Cup with the resumption of that at Blake Park. So looking forward to that particular game, uh, which I think is also on Sky Sport as well. Uh, from... Aiden, hey Nige, interesting to see Paul Tito and Mark Ozich joining the Western Forts coaching team last week. New Zealand continues to lead the way in exporting coaching talent to all parts of the world. Uh, gutted to see Mark leave Hawke's Bay, but stoked 
that uh, he and the family will be given that opportunity. It's well deserved. Yeah, it's not a not a bad couple of people to to get involved over there. Um, I know Jeremy Thrush and Richard Kahui. They're looking at a bit of a transition thing as well in terms of they're still playing, but they're starting to work. I know caught up with was lucky enough to ca- uh, see Richard Kahui just at a local cafe um, after a game up in Auckland when he was here with the force. He's on his way down to Tokoroa to catch up with family and he's starting to transition over so he'll be doing a bit of coaching as well so um, yeah so interesting to see very interesting to see how that goes but yeah two guys are working their way through it and you know great rugby community I think we've said this before on the show Brian Ashby will tell you to the cows come home really nice strong rugby community over there in Western Australia so those guys will go well over there. Geo, uh, be a sly punt at the TRB on the Eels, I'm sure. Yeah, if I've got some money left in there. My punts have been terrible recently. Uh, from Aiden, Nigel, huge thanks to you and Jamie for your words about Mike Pullman in recent days. Um, Mike, wonderful young man. For those who aren't uh, familiar, Mike uh, Pullman was a uh, young journo. I say young, in his 29th, 29th year. He, he passed away recently. He was... Uh, a, uh, a journo, a broadcaster, MC, mental health advocate, disabilities advocate. He was in a wheelchair, but it's interesting that I only found out what he was actually, or what his condition was, after he passed away. I, I really, I'm not, I don't want to say I didn't care, because obviously I cared about the guy. He was an awesome young man. When I say I didn't care, I, I didn't care because he was there doing a job, and I just wanted to treat him as another person there doing his job because um, that's what Mike wanted. I wrote a piece, put it up on the Facebook page, linked to the, the little website that I do. Um, yeah, to, to me he was not, even though he, he is categorised as disabled, Mike was very much enabled. He was great. He, just, he made things work. Jamie Wall has written a, a wonderful piece about sitting next to Mike. He's a diehard chief supporter at the a Chiefs Hurricanes game, it's a cracker. If you haven't seen that on spin-off, go search that one out. Just beautiful writing, but you know, just gutted for Mike. Gonna miss it. That's going to be the hardest part on Friday nights going to the stadium and and Mike not being there. And then we go back hopefully for for Super Rugby, Aotearoa. Mike not being there, it's going to be tough. Um, just went way too soon. Um, complications of a, a an accident that he was in with his um, the van that he was uh, in. Um, got uh, struck by a car, which went through a red light, as I understand. Um, so yeah, yeah niggly, um, just oh, just heartbreaking, gutting. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't really deal with death very well, Aiden. Um, but that was actually something Jamie and I were talking about. It was actually something that was actually quite nice and uh, made me feel a bit. It just, it was, I suppose, cathartic in a way. Um, but, you know, just still gutting because it just doesn't matter what you do. You, you can't bring them back. And, you know, he just had so much more to give, so much more to give. So, you know, dream, believe, and achieve, people. Dream, believe, and achieve. From Geo chipping in again. It seems all rugby's going out of their way to kill the game even more. The old farts around the table need a boot and bring some young blood in with IDs for ideas for today's game and not milking the same cow for all it's worth. That's your problem, though, Gio. As I said, I think we can shelve the biannual Rugby World Cup. It's not going to happen. They're not going to put it in competition with the um, 
British and Irish Lions. And that's also in the other World Cup, the, the Women's World Cup. I want to refer to it as the World Cup, but I've got to differentiate by gender. So the Women's World Cup would also be played, uh, I think that's a two or three years. So, you know, they, they don't want to get that sort of lost up in the mix as well. So I, I don't think so. I, I, the more I think about it, I think Alan Gilpin was probably asked about what FIFA was suggesting. He's given an answer. That's the reason why it's got probably the legs it is. So maybe we've spent a bit too much time on it already, to be quite honest. Um, and bring back the two, as Geo says. Zippy, uh, sorry I didn't get to see your post to write about my thoughts on the Verstappen-Hamilton crash. Yes, it was bound to happen again, but when Jackie Stewart calls Verstappen immature, I'm inclined to agree uh, what are your thoughts that Halo saved lives since its introduction? And I'm now writing this whilst watching the Schumacher doco right now, and they're also talking part about the, the scene of death. Um, yeah, look, Verstappen is overly aggressive. I don't know if that's immaturity. Um, he's been around the traps for a while now. Uh, I, ju- I think it's reckless. I don't think it's immature. And Jackie Stewart, yeah. I was lucky enough to speak with Sir Jackie Stewart when he, he released his book and he came out to the country. I was lucky enough to do an interview for half an hour and it was just heaven for a Formula One fan. If Jackie Stewart's calling Verstappen immature, I'll roll with Sir Jackie Stewart because he knows he just keeps so in touch with the modern race. He has not, he has not um, stuck in his time. So if Sir Jackie says that, I'm happy to roll with it. I, as I say, I don't fully know about immaturity. I just, yeah, reckless as. Um, but yeah, I tell you what, it's it's at least mate, at least Formula One is a little bit more interesting now. It is a little bit more interesting for mine. Jason saying the poll is activated. Good, Jason. Thank you. Zippy. Uh, also a great day out on Sunday to the All Blacks via Argentina. Didn't stick around for the second match. Lots of people who I know said the second game was more entertaining. Look forward to getting to all the matches, provided we don't get into lockdown there in Brisbane. Well, Zippy, I hope you enjoy it, bud. I, I know you love your rugby. Um, so, uh, Semi, though, has come in directly after this. Excuse me. Mm. It's one of those little coconutty things. It's quite nice. I like the coconut taste in coffee. Works well. Um, where are we here? Painful watching AB's Pumas having to listen to the Stan Australian commentary. Takes the fun out of watching AB's performance. Simo, I don't know if you've got, like, can you get Sky Go over there? Um, just, I, don't, I don't know if that's possible. And that way there you can get Nisbo. It was Nisbo and Mills, I think, last week. Oh, no, it was TJ and Mills, actually. Uh, Lucas, manager of the uh, Thames Valley Swamp Foxes. Lucas, also involved with the Morrisville Sport Rugby Club as well. All Heartland Games live stream this weekend, I believe. Giddy up. Giddy up. Tell you what, Lucas, I'd even do a commentary of a Thames Valley game for you if you want to, mate. I could have my arm twisted, especially if you put on a feed like you did that night out at Morrisville Sport. My goodness gracious me. Uh, from Craig, yes, there should be semifinals in Heartland Championship. There was no Heartland Championship last year. I think the MPC games will have bubbles of 100 at different parts of the grounds. That's what I was thinking too, Craig. Um... Uh, Zippy's coming here, Simi, here you go, that's why I watch it with Sky and VPN. <laughs> uh, with the way things are just now, this is DG coming in as well. Still got plenty of time for any other comments if you want to lob them in there too. And I will try and get a poll result 
Don't know how. How do I get the poll result? Is that going up there? What do I want me to do with that? That. Come on. Give me the result. I go like this. What does that do? That doesn't do anything. I've just voted again, I think. Anyway, maybe you might see a poll result. I'm not sure. If you do, let me know what it is. Uh, where are we here? So, um, from DG. <clears throat> With the way things are uh, just now, could you see any financial issues for any of the NPC sides, Farah Palmer and Heartland Championship? Um, <laughs> well, in terms of, I guess, from a budget point of view, you would think that these organisations have got their budgets already set in terms of the weekly side of things. Um, but it's a case of whether or not there are payments that they have to do whilst they are in camp, whether it's done by the week or whether it's actually over the course of the competition. Does that fall into it? Yeah, I'm really not 100% sure. Look, I, I think there's always financial issues at the moment when it comes to provincial rugby. That's the reason why that whole Silver Lake thing sort of blew up deluxe. Um but I think for the most part, I think that the part that's been the pain is just there's going to be the resetting of schedules uh, in terms of, look, obviously there's no, the, the three teams out of Auckland cannot play in either the Farah Palmer Cup or the National Provincial Championship. So, you know, that's a bit of a challenge there. So you, you could see some financial issues, but you'd like to think that hopefully those finances and budgets are in place and that things have been managed. I guess the big thing is going to be the fact that you can't get bums on seats under level two or you can get a small amount of backsides in there. So that, I guess, is where there is going to be the issue, DG. Just not being able to get human beings in there to the level that you normally would. And people go, oh, hardly anyone goes long and watches it anyway. Yeah, that, that's fine. But if you're still budgeting, let's say, for a crowd of, let's say, 5,000, or, yeah, we'll say if you're budgeting for a crowd of 5,000 and you can only get, you know, 1,000 in there in little pockets, you know, there's a difference of 4,000 people. So, you know, that does have an impact. Um, who's your tech person, Nigel? Me. I'm the tech person. I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. I'm a shocker. Publish, I've published the poll, this thing says. Ah, oh, dearie me. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a shocker, Jace. I don't know what I'm meant to do. I created the poll. I might just have to put the poll results up later. That might be the way to go. If you... Can I... I've got the poll activated. I've got it there. Edit poll. What What am I editing about the poll? Saving poll. Poll's already there. Okay. I don't know what's going on. Don't know what was going on. See, last week all I did was clicked on it, and it sort of said who who everyone had voted for and what the, the voting was for. So, uh, what the voting numbers were. Anyway, I don't know. Look, I'll figure it out. I will give you results somewhere down the line. I just don't know what's going on. I'm such a numpty. Such a numpty. Geo, any yarns from the box this week? Um, no, I guess not. I don't, I don't know what you want me to sort of chat. I mean, last week we did Gash. Um... Uh, stepping away. I can't really think of any sort of yarns. 
floating around off the top of my head. Um, travel story. I think I've. St- I think I've told the travel story of the. I could. T- I could tell you about being in the All Black. I've been lucky enough to be in cars that have been part of the All Blacks convoys on a couple of occasions. Gio. Um, I don't know if that's of any interest to you. Most interesting one was um, probably well. There was one in Port Elizabeth where we were heading along. They said, look, there's going to be quite a bit of a crowd. Come with us. Come with the advance party. The the minibus for the advance party for the All Blacks is leaving at this time. You guys bring your van and you come in. Okay. So Jim Kays is the driver. His cameraman, Wazzy, is uh, riding shotgun. I'm in the back seat, thinking it was Toby Robson, who was writing for stuff at the moment, now works for New Zealand Rugby, I think he was, he was the, uh, the fourth one. So we get into this convoy, and um, we get out, we got the police escorts, and we're like, okay, it's fine, Literally, there's just no one on the road, and they accelerate, and they accelerate, and they continue to accelerate. And I'm sitting there going, looking around going, these, these poles seem to be going past a lot quicker than what they were before. I look in the front and Wazzy's just sort of a little like this. And I poked my head over and I looked at the Speedo. Speedo was at 160. Jim Kayser's knuckles are white. Absolutely white on the steering wheel, holding on, trying to keep up with us. We're like, okay, dude, just okay. But now, and he just we keep going, and then I just like, right, I'm just that'll teach me for looking. If I hadn't have looked, I would have been fine. Um, so just absolute white knuckler. Oh, was he just sitting over there? Just some of the utterances coming out of <laughs> out of Wazzy's mouth. <laughs> Don't blame him in the front seat. Uh, the other one. So in Argentina, we were in with the. Behind the bus, I was driving with a guy called Dave Roger, legendary snapper for, for Getty Images, absolute dude. We were with him, and they kept saying, get up close. And DR's like out the window, you know, we're very close. We're like right on the back bumper of the, of the All Black bus, but we were in there. And we were with these guys, and on the side of their motor, so there were two guys for motorbikes. There was the guy riding, and then there was the guy on the back. And the pillion... When we got to, not too far away from where we had to turn off to go to the All Blacks training, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just pump action shotguns just came out. We was like, okay, this just got real, real quick. Um, they were the GOMFs, G-O-M-F. That's what it said on the side of their motorbikes. I never actually found out what it actually meant. We had a nickname that we gave them which was G-O-M-F's guns out and you kind of know where the MF goes with regard to that because these guys just bang I was just like whoa just that was serious really serious really quick Um, so yeah always interesting if you get the opportunity to travel in a convoy uh, with the All Blacks Um, you see a thing or two uh, and occasionally the life flashes before your eyes, as it did in uh, Paul Elizabeth. Great driving, by the way. Jim Kays, who for the remainder of the tour 
was known as the transporter. Right, I think that'll do us. Um, I'll get you the poll results. I honestly don't know what the heck's going. I don't know what is happening or whether I close the poll. It worked well last week. This makes no sense. I, I don't understand what's going on there. Very weird. Thank you, everybody. Really appreciate uh, your input, your involvement, as per normal. Uh, we'll get this up as a podcast as well, so if you have come in late, you'll be able to watch it back on the Facebook page if you want, but if you don't want to see my face, which I can greatly appreciate, um, I will have it up as a podcast all over the spot, Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cast, all that spot, Public Radio, all that will be lurking around probably in around about half an hour's time, probably around about half past 10-ish, okay? Thank you, everybody. Greatly appreciate uh, your input uh, to the show. I appreciate your patronage of the show as well. Um, it's great fun. I really enjoy it. Thank you to everybody. Um, yeah, in the, the words of the great Mike Pullman, dream, believe, achieve. Night, everybody. Take care.